Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. So uh, two things to say uh, to start. Uh, First of all, a huge thank you to the worship group for that rendition of O Holy Night. That took me to a very special place. I hope it took the rest of you to a special place. And now I have the challenge of following that and saying a few words uh, that, that hold our interest. The second thing to say, of course, is it wasn't lost on me that this week in Advent is the week of joy. Now, I come from a Scottish Brethren Baptist free church background. For those who don't know, about 250 years ago, we decided that joy was something we would experience in heaven, (laughs) but probably not now. Uh, I have spent most of my adult life reacting against that, so so apologies if from time to time my humour goes over the top. I think it's about it's about actually realising that there is so much joy in the Christian story, in the story that we are going to think about now. So today we continue in the series thinking about the gifts. Um, And today we are thinking about frankincense. Um, I don't know a lot about it. I know a lot more now. Um, And uh, for for those who haven't quite worked out yet, this is an incense burner. Um, And I have checked that we're not going to set off the fire alarms uh, or the smoke detectors. Um, But the clue's in the name. Frankincense is an incense. It's a smell that would have been hugely familiar to the Jews of Jesus' day. So uh, apologies to those who are on the live stream, but I'm just going to sort of quickly wander around and see if, uh, see if you can sort of uh, get, the, uh, get the smell a little bit. Sorry, I can't go around everybody, but uh, uh, yeah... Just a little bit over here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're all going to be smelling this uh, once I've preached for an hour. Um, In the Jewish temples, this would have been there in huge quantities. So today we're going to think a little bit about the significance of this uh, as a gift that the wise men uh, brought to, to Jesus. Um, But firstly, I think we just need to get some key background issues sorted out. Um, So at this time of year, we often sing a carol, uh, We Three Kings of Orient Are. Um, This is in fact a mistranslation. And as you can see from slide three, it's actually the three we kings (laughs) who came not from the east, but from the East Fife of Scotland. And as you can see, I've come out in sympathy uh, and I am wearing the tartan. This, if anyone's interested, um, is an ancient tapestry that's just recently been discovered um, and is causing quite a revolution in scholarly circles. Or maybe it's just a bit of fake news. Uh, Because we Scots, we always like to get in on the action 
we always like to have a bit of something to, uh, to shout about. But uh, let's move on from that. In recent times, some theologians have reflected on what might have happened if actually it had been women who had turned up uh, rather than men. So if it had been three wise women. And this recently uh, found Christmas card, I think, uh, sums it up beautifully. Three wise women would have asked directions, arrived on time, delivered the baby, cleaned the stable, made a casserole, and there would have been peace on earth. <laughs> well, I suspect most of that's true, and I'm happy to take it on the chin. I recognise some of the other behaviours that would have been there being a bloke. Um, but men it was in the Bible version. Uh, so let's turn to that story now. The wise men are part of the Christmas story, or maybe more accurately, the Advent season story. Uh, on Christmas Day, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. But this is just one part of a season, uh, a time each year when we think about the coming of Jesus and what it means for us. Throughout the centuries, the Christian church has used this time of year to focus on many parts of the Advent Christmas story and its impact on our lives. It's not just about listening to a story, seeing a beautiful nativity play. That's why I'm pleased as a church. We, we recommended right at the outset of Advent um, using a Bible app project plan to have daily devotions through the Advent season because it is about an opportunity to look at the Advent story, to look at the coming of Jesus in all its different aspects, in all its different ways. So this season, it's an opportunity. It's a time for thinking about many things, and these were just a few, uh, and it's always good to have some alliteration uh, in, a, in a sermon. Um, it's not an exhaustive list, but it's just some of the many different aspects that we can get drawn to in this Advent time. A time of repentance, a time for reflection, maybe a time for uh, renewal, a time for rediscovery, and uh, as I've learned over the decades, despite my upbringing, a time for rejoicing, a time when we can focus on the true marvel of what the Advent season and the coming of Jesus and the Christmas story is all about. So let's turn to the wise men. We have no idea how many there were. Uh, we just go for three because that's the number of gifts we're told about. There's been endless pages, screens, documentaries, probably mainly on Channel 5, um, about how many there might have been, where they might have come. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Let's just focus on the gifts and the significance of what they can mean. They were not kings in the way that we would think of kings, but they're clearly wealthy and they're considered important. Probably scientists, as much as you could define a scientist in those days, they probably knew a bit of astronomy, maybe a bit of astrology. Um, they were mystics. 
They were men of faith. Again, we don't know um, what their religious background might have been. Um, and they were scholars. They were men of learning. They had studied far and wide uh, all the texts they could find. They were not Jews, but they'd clearly read about the Jewish prophecies of a future king and then had connected that with a great cosmic event that they knew would happen and would signify his birth. So they naturally, once they set off, went to Jerusalem, the Jewish capital, where you would expect a king to be. Now, at this point, I came across something in my readings that had never struck me before, and I think is remarkable. Um, if this is not news to you, great, but I just share it anyway. When the wise men came to Herod, and he was told of this king, he got the Jewish scholars together, and he said, you guys got any idea of what these three kings are going on about? And they said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, we can point you to the passages in what was their Bible at the time. And they said, oh, no, 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 it's not Jerusalem, it's Bethlehem. And yet, they didn't do anything with that information. The kings went, but these scholars, and you just sort of think about it, they had waited for centuries for the coming of their messianic king, and suddenly three scholars had travelled hundreds of miles and said to them, we think this messiah is coming, but they did nothing with it. They just watched. They told them, and then they left it. And I think as we sit here today, we can think about how we will respond. We have probably heard the Christmas story a hundred, hundred times over. And it's very easy to just see the words in front of us and go, yeah, okay. But how are we going to respond? Like the wise men or like the Jewish scholars? So let's turn now to the gifts. Now, I love giving gifts more than receiving them. If I could today, I would have brought gifts for everyone. But, you know, there was always the possibility that that would uh, uh, be several hundred people. So sorry about that, guys. Um, you just get uh, the blessing of uh, listening to me for another few minutes. Um, but when you really value gifts, that can create some real pressure. Um, uh, it's always important to me to get a meaningful gift, a worthwhile gift, a gift that I know that person will want. Um, one of the most depressing things I ever remember learning about was um, back in the 1980s and 1990s, Butch the Chemist uh, on the High Street, which has a, a perfume department, um, there was a statistic they produced every year, which was that 40% of their perfume sales came for the whole year in the last two hours of Christmas Eve before closing time. And guess what? It's the blokes again. Yeah, we're, we're in the doghouse again, guys. Um, 
it was almost exclusively men turning up and going, I'll have that one. And they go, would you like to smell it? No, no, no. Can you wrap it? Boots even worked out that they could charge money for a gift wrapping service. And so thousands and thousands of women all over this country would get some really expensive perfume, not one they'd ever used or ever wanted, but that was the best most of these blokes could manage. What is remarkable about our story is not so the wise men. They came with gifts that weren't just significant to them. They were significant to the people that they were coming to. For the Jews, for Mary, for Joseph, for others around them. They would know the significance of what these gifts meant. Frankincense, um, which is still uh, bubbling away there. I don't know if you're now all kind of uh, covered in aroma. Um, but uh, frankincense was actually relatively rare. Um, it was, it was a, a, an expensive gift. Um, the trees it came from only grew in a couple of, uh, in a couple of countries. And at various times in that early history, it was almost as valuable as gold. So this wasn't some cheap scented candle gift. Right? So, sorry, no offence if you've bought your relative scented candles. Uh, but, but this was a gift of value and of significance and full of meaning to the people that it was being brought to. So let's just think for a moment about the, the significance of frankincense to the Jews and to us as well. So it was a fragrant oil used in huge quantities in the temple when offering worship to God. So the wise men who knew nothing of this king therefore were bringing a worship offering to Jesus Somehow, they recognised Jesus was no mere earthly king. He was not simply a man. He was God himself. He was Emmanuel, to be worshipped and adored. And that was exactly what they did. And it's the same Jesus before us, here and now. Today, as we think about what frankincense symbolises, it reminds us of the miracle and the mystery of what happened. It was so nice to have uh, right at the outset a hymn that I had put a quote from in here because that uh, Heart the Herald does say at one point, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Very old-fashioned language that uh, often, if English is your first language, we wouldn't understand. Uh, it may be even a greater challenge if English is not your first language. But basically, summed up, what it is saying and what it is reminding us of in the Advent story is that our Heavenly Father, the Almighty God, took on human form, 
and was born in Bethlehem. Emmanuel, God with us. And the frankincense is a very powerful symbol as a gift to say, this is God in front of us, to be worshipped and adored. So Advent, for all of us, is an opportunity for renewed worship and reflection and rejoicing and pondering and reflecting on that amazing mystery. And so we come to the second significance of frankincense that we can probably draw out. It points to Jesus as the great high priest. Um, And if you're a Christian and you've studied God's word much, you might be familiar with that term. Frankincense was the oil that the Old Testament priests burned when making sacrifices for the sins of the people and the offering up of prayers to God. Jesus didn't walk this earth to just be a good or a wise man, although he was that. He came to deal with sin and death once and for all time. The frankincense points to the fact that Jesus would make a sacrifice that no other priest could ever make. I think Hebrews 10 uh, verses 10 to 14 uh, sums this up very succinctly. Let's just read this together. For God's will for us to be made holy for the, by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus once for all time. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honour at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. The Lord Jesus made that amazing sacrifice for each of us, for all humanity and all creation. He was a fragrant offering to God, better than any amount of frankincense that could be burned uh, on the altars. He became the greatest of all high priests and gives us free access directly to God. No need for the sacrifices, for the burning of incense anymore. Just a heart, mind and soul ready to open itself up to God. To repent of our rebellion and sin. To be renewed. And to rejoice in the life that accepting Jesus into our heart brings. Frankincense reminds us of offering up worship to Jesus for his great sacrifice. 
And as the writer to Hebrews says, which makes us perfect in God's eyes. That is all sufficient. His sacrifice makes us perfect in God's eyes, accepted into his family and his kingdom. So the rejoicing comes not because our personal circumstances are great, because they may not be, but because of what Jesus did as our great high priest. We are reminded that frankincense burning by a priest is no longer needed. <sighs> Jesus' death and resurrection has done it all. He's conquered death and given us free access to God in prayer, praise and worship. And we've experienced some of that, I hope, today. We see the efforts of the, the, the wise men went to. Um, and I happened to bump into a programme last night um, on BBC Two where they were uh, sort of speculating about what the, uh, uh, the star were, was that they may have followed the wise men. But the other thing they touched on was probably the length of journey and the harshness of the terrain. And these men travelled for many, many days. It may have been weeks. It may even have been months. Um, but they were on a search for the truth. They were ready to travel that difficult journey. They persisted. And they wanted to bring gifts and worship to Jesus. And Advent gives us another opportunity to refocus and remind ourselves of that opportunity and to be part of that opportunity, to experience it for ourselves. If you're already a Christian, it's an opportunity to renew our sense of awe and wonder Words that are often so devalued in our society. But when we reflect on Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, let's reflect and rejoice in the salvation that we have, the promise of God's peace and of life eternal. And if you're not yet a Christian, today is an opportunity to meet Jesus, the Jesus that the wise men were pointing to with their gifts. The Lord Jesus entered the world at Christmas for you, me, and all humanity. His death and resurrection at Easter made all of us right with God. And if we are ready to turn to him, open our lives to him and receive all the blessings that he wants to give us, that we can receive the gift the Lord Jesus wants to give us. Life and life eternal. Don't pass that gift by. Receive him now. Just want to conclude with some words 
uh, from Pope Francis, uh, the current Pope, which he said as he reflected on the wise men and this part of the Advent sto story. Today, we are asked to imitate the wise men. They do not debate. They set out. They do not stop merely to look, but they enter the house of Jesus. They do not put themselves at the centre, but they bow down to the one who is the centre. So I say to all of us, come on that journey. Enter in. Put Jesus at the centre and bow down in worship and praise to Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.